More than half a century ago, John Lennon knew he was not the only one dreaming of a world that would live as one. But every headline in the news reminds you, his ideals still require imagination. Putin's indiscriminate targeting of civilians created hell on earth and one that is still burning when you are listening to this podcast in the days to come, I hope. Yesterday, President Biden called Putin a butcher and had received more comments than his predecessor's qualification of the same man as a genius on the very day of his unprovoked and unjustified invasion of Ukraine on February the 24th. Biden didn't call the Russians butchers. He only called the Russian dictator Putin a butcher. And we should not forget the brave Russians who dare to speak up against the regime and protest in Russian cities. They must be aware of the dire consequences of their bravery and are willing to accept those. I wonder, would you have joined them? Would I have joined them if I were a Russian? These are questions that I ask myself. Music can be a, a powerful tool to unite people. And John Lennon's Imagine or Sting's 1985 ballad Russians may have changed the world's view of millions. And I remember how songs influenced my thinking when, when I was growing up. And I wonder if a man like Putin ever paid attention to the line in the song Russians of, of Sting singing, there's no such thing as a winnable war. And it's a lie we don't believe anymore. But Russians loved their children too, which is an excellent reminder to differentiate between Putin and Russia and Russians. President Biden spoke about the first and not the latter. Anyone who loves children does not order or allow an airstrike of a theater filled with refugees, well marked with warnings in giant letters saying children. I wonder if Lenin and Sting are still played in Russia these days and if there's nothing to kill or die for. Our children will be safe from Oppenheimer's deadly toy and Russians can no longer enjoy listening to the legendary rock group Aquarium on the programs of RMG and RMG is one of Russia's largest media companies. Because this company took the decision after the group's lead singer had called the war against Ukraine madness which is factually correct, I would say. And uh, they, um, the group Aquarium is not alone. RMG announced that other Russian acts and Ukrainian musicians are also banned because of the harsh statements that they made. And they, they used the words, they made these statements in the context of the difficult situation between Russia and Ukraine. And yes, it is difficult indeed. Censors will never be songwriters. Unlike the brilliance of Lennon and Sting, they want to obscure the truth and they want to avoid raising awareness, something that uh, people like Lennon and Sting have always been so good at. Censors know the power of music and they prefer silence. And meanwhile in Ukraine, music proves a powerful force of comfort, of hope, of identity, and like in so many wars before this one, suppression and brutality by a foreign invader unite the people against a common enemy. And that is visible on the battlefield, 
and also in the streets and the cellars of Ukrainian cities and in democratic countries worldwide. Take for instance Slava, Slava Vakarchuk, he's perhaps Ukraine's biggest star and he was supposed to be preparing to play the band's latest album to packed stadiums all over the world starting in April and he is so popular in Ukraine that two-thirds of the Ukrainians wanted him to stand for president only three years ago. And now his planned world tour is of course not taking place. And what he is doing instead is he's performing everywhere in Ukraine. He's performing on the front lines where the fighting takes place. He's performing in hospitals and, and he pops up in railway stations filled with desperate refugees. And you find him in underground platforms where civilians shelter from the bombs. And uh, you find him in recently shelled hotspots. And of course he takes good cover because he might be um, a popular target for the enemy. Or another example is uh, Olga Korolova. She is one of Ukraine's top techno DJs. Again, world known worldwide. And she now performs in Poland. She managed to escape the shelling. Uh, she got in her car with her child and, and drove all the way through Poland and, and uh, got out as a refugee. And that evening she was actually already performing in Poland. And she donates her fee to the Ukrainian army and to charities that are helping people that are dis displaced by the conflict. And her Instagram page that used to be one of those really glamorous Instagram pages full of travel photos and, and nightclubs from all over the world. That is now full of updates from Ukraine and photos of the Russian invasion. And why is she doing that? Not so much for the Ukrainians, but her aim is to reach fans because she has a lot of Russian fans in Russia and she wants to show them the extent of the destruction and tell them the, the reality, the truth of the war. And she was recently interviewed by the BBC and she said that she's in shock that the Russian people are just not seeing the truth. She says, and I quote here, it is like they are in North Korea without any information. My fans are from Russia and they send me messages saying it is not true. It is a lie. All your posts are a lie. So they just don't want to see it. And Korolova is not alone. Faced with war, Ukraine's vibrant and flourishing music scene has become a kind of unofficial news outlet because they, this music scene manages to reach people in Russia that are normally uh, not following the, the, the news in the traditional news channels and the traditional news media. So what you see is that Ukrainians are using music to unite around a shared cultural past and they project their hopes into the future. And while Russian artillery pounds the cities to rubble, musicians boost the people's spirit and they strengthen their defiance against the aggressor. And bravery knows really many forms. As uh, seven-year-old Amelia has shown in her viral videos that millions of people have seen worldwide. And you will likely remember her as the girl singing in an air raid shelter in Kiev. And she sang the song Let It Go from the Disney movie Frozen. But she sang it in, in Ukrainian. And initially... She sings and you still see people moving around on the background and talking to others. But then slowly, one by one, everybody falls silent and they listen to the beauty 
among the destruction. And she's a voice of hope. And she's a reminder of innocence as a girl of just seven years old. And she's also a reminder of the next generation that will rebuild Ukraine. Because as I said before, every war in the history has ended. And this war will end too. And Amelia is now one of the millions of refugees in Poland. She escaped with her grandmother and her 15-year-old brother, Misha, but her parents stayed behind in Kiev to defend their country. Her father had to, because of his age, all the men between 18 and 60 uh, stay in Ukraine to fight or in, in any way capable contribute to defending their country. And her mother chose to be there, knowing that she would be safe uh, with her grandmother. So unknown to uh, Amalia, she was not only fleeing for bombs, but according to the Polish deputy Senate speaker, uh, she also had to run from vengeance and she had become a potential target. So meanwhile, Amelia, just seven years old, she loves to draw ponies, uh, to ponies and, and to sing. And the world witnessed this when she took the stage in a vast stadium in Poland to sing the Ukraine national anthem. And I hope that you have seen the video because it's it's uh, fascinating and impressive to see both videos, actually the one in the cellar as well as the one in Lodz in Poland where she's performing for a huge stadium as just such a young girl uh, singing quite impressively. She actually said in an interview that I read somewhere that uh, this is not a kind of natural talent. She, uh, she has singing lessons. Um, and the drawing of the ponies is something that she uh, learned from her father, who seems to be good at that. So, meanwhile, you you see that the Ukrainian anthem is still sung now in uh, the bunkers, in the cellars under the apartment where people are hiding. And uh, you can also see that in a video uh, which was filmed in uh, the metro of Kharkiv, uh, where a lot of young people are taking refuge. And actually a famous... Um, Ukrainian poet is there leading uh, the, the singing of the group and the world gets to know the Ukrainian anthem and you will still know it long after the war has ended and to be honest I wouldn't have recognized it just a month ago but by now I've heard it so often and it's it's such such a strong melody that just just stays with you and it will forever for me at least forever be uh, not only a memory of Ukraine, but especially of these dark days for Ukraine. Um, there's, for instance, this, this beautiful video going around in social media as well of these soldiers in a barrack. And just one guy, he gets his violin. And just when he starts playing the first tones, you see all these soldiers uh, getting up, standing up for the anthem and listening. And it's, 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 it's beautiful. And again, that is the power of 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 music and i think that the ukrainians are um, effectively making use of music as uh, another piece of their armament in the resistance uh, against the, the the brutal russian invasion that they are fighting now um another example is of of this powerful protest against this senseless destruction of of people's homes and lives is this woman that plays the piano for the very last time before leaving Kiev. And perhaps you've seen that one because that's another one that that is going viral 
on the media. You see that her apartment is completely destroyed and blown to pieces. There's no windows anymore. Everything's completely dirt, etc. And then she takes the cover of the piano. And as a last goodbye, of course, she can't take it. So as, as a last goodbye to, to the life that she will leave behind probably like forever, she just uh, takes off the cover, plays beautifully on the piano, and then closes it and leaves. And that is, it's, it's so symbolic for, for, uh, for, for what is going on at this moment in, in Ukraine. Um, and there's also um, the, uh, the, the picture from, from Odessa, where uh, the Odessa opera is, um, is moving outside and playing in the open air. It's, it's amazing. It's such, so beautiful. So the social media is now filled with dozens of examples of Ukrainian musicians giving people hope and strengthening solidarity. And I could I could go on with many many more examples, but l let me just mention uh, one or two more. Um, there's there's this um, amazing guy um, whom I never had heard of before, but but uh, his name is Alex Pian, who was in uh, Lviv where the air raid alarm was going off, and there's a piano standing outside. And he is playing it, and he's banging the the piano faster and faster because of 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 uh, of of the air raid sirens. He's like in a competition against the air raid sirens, and he is playing this um, this tune of uh, Hans uh, Zimmer, uh, uh, which is called Time. And that one also was was you've you've probably seen it. And then this beautiful moment happens. Um, on on twenty uh, fifth of March, so so one day and and one month after uh, after the invasion started, and uh, Hans Zimmer was giving a concert in London, and at a certain moment he just walks on stage, and he stops the music, and he says, "Okay, we're going to take a break because uh, here is somebody playing this very same song, the song Time." But in very very different circumstances, and then they show Alex Pian, who is uh, playing the piano um, uh, outside in in Lviv and playing this song. And I think it's 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 a beautiful moment. So this for this war is just is not fought with weapons. Uh, it's showing the national identity of Ukraine, one that is separate from Russia, is an effective tool in the resistance because. It is effectively undermining exactly what Putin is saying, that this is like one cultural united area, which is some kind of grand old uh, Russian slash Soviet area that they had once under their control. And, and that is all the same. And that is not true. Russia has a distinct own identity and it's it's been an independent uh, country for the past 30 years. And actually... It has always been, since uh, the United Nations has been established in 1945, it has been represented in the United Nations as the only other Soviet Republic uh, next to, uh, to Russia. So celebrating the, the beauty of music while the enemy is destroying the country's cultural and historic buildings just shows the brutality of this war. And combining music with a national identity like singing the national anthem is central in the Ukrainian message to each other, but also to Russia and ultimately 
to the rest of the world. It has reached me as well, and I count myself as one of the rest of the world. So there's, for instance, also um, Vera uh, Litovchenko, if I pronounce her name right, and that's another brilliant artist that I must admit I didn't know, um, I hadn't heard of her uh, before, but every night she is playing in the shelter, in the basement of, of the apartment block in, in Kharkiv where she's, uh, she's living. And unlike all the other people that are hiding there in those cellars, she is dressed like performing in a Kharkiv opera uh, where she normally plays as a soloist. And so she's playing Vivaldi and then she's, she's playing Ukrainian melodies and she's doing it every night. And this is now a sensation on social media. And the New York Times wrote about her, I believe just yesterday, a huge article about who she is and what she is doing. And she says that it helps to briefly forget the war. And, and AFP contacted her. They managed to get in touch with her on WhatsApp. And they asked her about her motivation. And she said, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a soldier. I'm not a politician. I can play the violin. So like so many other Ukrainians, she's just doing what she can do and if you haven't seen her uh, performing yet try try to find her just just uh, uh, search for her on 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 twitter or on youtube and 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 she immediately pops up and all these musicians and all ukrainians they were they were just ordinary people who lived their everyday lives until a month ago and i've been several times in kiev and it it is a city just as any other European city, and that makes this war so much closer by. Many people living in, in cities like Vienna or Berlin went in the weekend to Kiev to dance there and to party there because the most most modern and best dancing places were actually out there in Kiev. And so these people could have been you or me, and all these people suddenly find themselves in these extraordinary circumstances and this realization makes me wonder what i would do and would i be as brave as they are um this little girl amelia with with whom i started in the beginning she's one of them i mean she's so brave i mean singing there for the, the huge concert hall while you're traumatized by just fleeing for from war and being away from your parents and um she was asked after the concert, in, in uh, she had an interview, and she was asked about her parents in Kiev, and um, she said that she didn't know where they are, and, and she said they just stayed in Kiev, and she said, I miss them. And then she added, and I thought that was beautiful, she said, but I will see them again, because after all, they are my parents. And I think that is the kind of hope that young people um, are showing, because somehow they realize that uh, this is a terrible time, but they know that this war will end. And that is, I remember I heard this said for the very first time when I was a young diplomat, and I was, I was just starting my career in the early 1990s. Um, somebody told me that every war always ends. And I said, well, I can't imagine. This Balkan war is just so complicated and so many people are fighting to each other and nobody sees a way out or any realistic um, realistic solution this this is never gonna end and how wrong i was i mean already 
10 years later, I was in holidays on some of those countries that have become independent countries. And I've, I've, I've met many people from all of these countries. I think I've, I've been in practically all of these countries since then. Um, and I've seen what a, what a wonderful, beautiful people they are. And it's not, a war is normally not so much between peoples, but it's, it's, it's between politics. And that's especially true in this case. It is not the Russian people making war against Ukrainian people. Uh, this is basically a one man's war, which is an extra reason to stop it as soon as possible, as you should do with any war. So those were my thoughts for, for this evening. Uh, for those that um, follow me more often might recognize the pattern. For those that are new and listening here, during the week I do more interviews or I do podcasts together with other people, like I do with Vanessa Champion on every Monday. There'll be one tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m., uh, Eastern Time, and I do one with um, Alistair Doyle, the, the previous environment correspondent from uh, Reuters, every Thursday at, uh, at 3 o'clock. But in the weekends, I sometimes just um, put on uh, the microphone and, and do a talk. Uh, as you may have noticed, uh, I announced this only five minutes before, and the whole idea to give a talk like this uh, was not much than five minutes older uh, than before but um, uh, stay tuned and I might be back on other evenings like this especially in the weekend perhaps maybe this week as well on other issues thanks so much for listening and uh, if you haven't done so yet uh, please uh, follow me and uh, like the podcast and um, uh, and also follow the the two different shows uh, that I have on air the planet which more for during the week and the news that I use more in the weekend. Thanks so much and hope to see and hear you again soon. Have a good night for those in America and also those in Europe. Bye-bye.